You have the keys to the city? I have the keys to the city. The city. 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 I've got the keys, keys, to your heart, to your heart. It is just one of those like Howard Hughes phrases for me. I got the keys to the city. New thing I can do. The new thing I can do. I got the keys to the city. Keys to the city. New thing I can do. I got the keys to the city. New thing I can do. I got the keys to the city. What is new thing? New thing. New thing I can do that I have got the keys to the city. Got them. Get them. Now. All. Do it. Do it now. Do it. Shut get them, up. Get the keys. Now. Oh, my God. Put, Put the, the cookie, cookie down, down now. Stop it. Oh, my gosh. Is this podcast in stereo? August 10th, 2012, and it's Dracula Week. This is Idle Thumb 69. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. And we're back from QuakeCon. Yeah. Well, some of us are back. Some of us never left. Never. How could I leave? That huh. sounds like some of us just never left QuakeCon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like we're, just, we're still camping out in the BYOC, like yeah. deriving this... warmth from that man's infinitely large monitor. <laughs> yep. There's now an Amway convention there. Yeah, we're looking at Shacking up with Butt Clan. <laughs> That's a horrible sentence. <laughs> Yeah, there was that There's guy. Apparently, who, a clan called Butt Clan. Yeah, there was that guy who had the huge, like, fifty-two inch HD TV. But then immediately across the aisle from him was just a like huge flag, sort of hung up above a huge cluster of BYOC computers. <laughs> and his hand was billowing, and I was like, "Did they have a, like a fan?" No, it was, it was conveying that sort of majesty, but it right. just said the words "Butt Clan" on it, and that was really hard to resist. Just sort of. Do we know what they play? Even no, but but it was like written in old English font, so we took yeah, some pictures. Classic of that. Butt Clan. Classic. Yeah. How have none of us gone online and searched for Butt Clan. It's probably okay that we didn't. Yeah. True. Yeah. Still can. Team Butt Clan. I think I accidentally referred to them as at one point. Incorrectly, I might add. Yeah, it's just Butt Clan. Are there like games to play there? Whoa, are there other are there like new games? To play? <laughs> are there like games? Games? You know what I mean? Though, is there like like is it going to packs and it's like, oh, I played this level from this game that's coming out in three months? Well, we played Dishonored there, and we talked about it at the live show. Um, also, they had I heard th- there are rats that eat your face. Yeah, there's all sorts of crazy rat eating and stuff going on mm-hmm. in Dishonored, which mm-hmm. I think is the the primary. That's sort of like their like. Uh, the rats. killer app of of Dishonored is rat yeah, eating face. Rat. The guys who did or who are doing the new Rise of the Triad game was there, but we didn't look at it. Um, also, apparently, the Oculus Rift sick VR headset. How did we all missed the Oculus we missed the Rift. Oculus Rift, which is killing me because I saw that Kickstarter video and said I don't think that I care about the Oculus Rift. But, but all these people are telling me to. But also, like if you're doing a VR headset, which is a well, thing so some I'm, people want, like yeah. at least it seems like they're I doing mean, an I, interesting I'm one. Like, personally really really against stuff like virtual reality but whatever it was at quite con right clearly, why didn't we wear a we sick vr headset put it on like, our faces yeah we're fools that was a mistake yeah so let's talk about all the, the guy who invented oculus rift is like 20 
Yeah. Doesn't he just seem really young? Yeah, he's, really? he's His a name's young like Hunter or something like that or wow. Spencer. He's got one of those names, you know? Yeah, right. But he just looks like he's just... Where he's just always going to be 20. Yeah, He's always yeah. going to be a cocky 20-year-old. Yeah, he's just like, just he had this, I just had this neato idea. No, My sure dad and I were in the guy. garage. I don't know anything about Did it. you yeah. watch the video? No. That's how it starts. Yeah. It's, and this kid is brilliant, obviously. Yeah. You just get it. So he, it's not like the five-year-old whose dad did the science. He won the gold no. medal. No, it's but he also, his dad, probably also genius. Like, right. you just get yeah, that sense. They show them in their garage. Their garage just looks like NASA. Like right. the garage, this <laughs> looks my garage like at JPL. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of things, sorry, the unrelated oh, man, to video yeah. games. Fucking Mars Rover, <laughs> rad, best space, awesome shit. That was the best. It was really good. Yeah. That's all. Oh. Oculus Rift, whatever space. There's cool jetpack platforms, bungees. We've Why t- does Chris like the moon? <laughs> this list. We've unfortunately jet talked about jetpack. We, got, we all got so excited about the Mars rover that I think we talked about it amongst ourselves so much that we're not going to waste everyone's time talking about it on the podcast. But oh man, I mean, we're not going to waste our time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we like, it just it wouldn't readers. be interesting if we talked about it that much. But holy fucking shit, the stupid jetpack sky crane thing is the best <laughs> goddamn thing in the entire world. Like yeah. that's a thing that like when NASA put out the video, which was hilarious, their marketing video that was like tut, 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 the yeah. set, what is the seven minutes of terror. Did you see that what? video? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's the thing where it's due to the speed of light, it takes fourteen yeah, yeah, yeah. it takes fourteen minutes, but the the landing process takes like seven minutes and happens within that 14 minute oh, so window so it's the, the time entire, when they're like right. this autonomous crazy robot that's doing a, a seven minute procedure a seven minute procedure like, that like you could not even put in a fucking Bruckheimer movie because it would be <laughs> deemed too outrageous right. it's happening <laughs> with them just not knowing what the hell's going on yeah. at the NASA until center. seven minutes after it's fully completed yeah so they put yeah. this video out that um like has these really nice uh, high quality f- filmed shots of the NASA guys in front of green screens, like movie featurettes, but they're like, the crazy thing is we don't even know what's going to happen. And the music starts <laughs> going crazy. Then it shows like this high end CG render of all the shit that happens. And it's actually, you know, where they're like, first, the heat shield comes up, <laughs> like rips apart. And then you see like all is this the scored by Hans Zimmer. Like it's, sco- it's, it, I don't know if it's a custom score, but it's co- at least from like a royalty free Hollywood style film <laughs> right. score thing. And you know, right. they have the huge CG of the air. Of the heat shield ripping off and then the yeah. huge parachute billowing out and then like and then we, <laughs> it drops out and the thing goes you know the the capsule goes flying away and then four jet engines like blast and it's like what is this I was watching that video like I just took a break from watching the live stream because Twitter exploded with links to this video and I was yeah. like what in the fucking hell is this like it, it was good marketing on NASA's part do you think, which is do you weird think NASA but... feels like they need to step up their public relations yes. game because that's what it seems, it seems like to me. yeah the tide is like the pendulum has swung so much against public interest in the space yeah. program in it's, the last it few seemed years. like though because like six months to a year ago they put out a CG video of the curiosity landing right. process but it looked way more like it was just rendered out of a CAD yeah. thing where it was like it looked like an airplane safety video where like right. the parachute will deploy Purely and then like it's like an simulation. almost like isometric like rendered cylinder to sort of expands on screen to denote the parachute and even then you watch that video and you're like that is sick but you know that NASA's public relations person looked at that and was like <laughs> Get Blur Studios to render right. the fuck out of this. Put some sick Hollywood yeah. music behind it and make our like engineers yeah. look super freaked out. Put that video out. We, yeah. We're going to look like badasses here because this is amazing. <laughs> so just market the shit out of this. We have something to market. We have a jet engine hovering over like our fucking jetpack hovering robot floating on Mars, <laughs> dropping a minivan full of science equipment onto the surface. Like, they did such a good job, though, go, of communicating go, go. the absurdity of it. Yeah. Because now that it's done, you're like, F yeah. NASA 
Earth, so when's, space, when's landing that it... thing going to get patched into like Moonbase Alpha? <laughs> right. Got well, it's DLC. The best thing about that though is like if they're like, okay, we're gonna we're bringing back Lunar Lander, we're doing this deploy process. Wait seven minutes. <laughs> Yeah. Mars lander successfully landed. Well yeah. done, player. Right. Autonomous <laughs> sick jetpack sky crane deployed because you said uh, proceed with yeah. process. Like, yeah. It's good, though, because had that thing exploded, we would have understood, well, they were trying to launch a jetpack platform. Right. Into the- <laughs> yeah. But that would have been a disaster. It's right. like... So why the why did they fucking try this again exactly? Why did they try this like eighteen good <laughs> depth? Like, like what? Well, I the thing that I or one thing that I really like about this is when they did the um, what were the names of the two previous ones? Oh, like, Spirit and Opportunity. Oh god, I, can't I think that was. But those ones, their process was already insane, where it just deployed out of the capsule. And then it just inflated a huge protective, like, 360-degree air cushion around the Like the yeah. second yeah. Pierce Brosnan Bond film. Yeah, like, just... It, these are all basically James Bond uh, deployment <laughs> techniques. But the one where they're like, okay, last time we dropped the thing at, like, hundreds of miles an hour in a giant bouncy ball, which then deflated and, up, like, landed upright. Then all the, like, cables tucked in to the landing platform. And it rolled off of that and looked like a pretty pretty much a boss. <laughs> <laughs> this time, though... So it's just because this one was so much bigger, right? That's yeah, why they I had, think yeah. it's because it was, like, when you see a photo of a person next to it, you're mm-hmm. like, holy shit, that's just yeah, a yeah, it's SUV. Really big. Like, that thing is yeah. huge. Yeah, it looks really big. So I think... Like, the video said, we're talking about space so much, whatever. Whatever, space The video cool. said even when they deployed that huge-ass parachute, because of the thin atmosphere of Mars, the, the vehicle was still going 200 miles an hour towards the surface with, like, a fucking giant parachute, which is why they had to f- dis- deploy retro rockets, which would then kick up too much dust on the surface and damage, damage equipment, so it had to hover in the air and then gently lower the thing down from a string, at which point the cable was severed and the jetpack element, which was hovering, like whatever dozens or a hundred feet off the ground would just flew like yeah. 2000 feet away on its own and crashed. Also, that's the most heroic creature in this, in this <laughs> l- landing process. It salutes before yeah, just <laughs> sick, sick jetpack robots. Like, yeah, yeah. I knew this was a one way trip proud. coming out. <laughs> yeah. Do it for me. Yeah. Sadly, the Curiosity rover is not capable of driving itself over to where the jetpack died and, like, deploying a grave. Like, memorial, deploying a, yeah. mo- <laughs> deploys a memorial plaque, <laughs> photographs it, and then goes on its way. Yeah. Yeah. That would happen. Anyway, I would, like, this will never appear in Moonbase Alpha, but were someone to make a virtual Mars environment, which contained this entire process with really disgustingly nice, like, uh, latest cry engine level of fidelity, and it would just let me wander around on the ground and observe it. I yeah. would be incredibly happy. That'd actually. Be amazing. I would, That'd I would, be awesome. yeah. I would experience that. Yeah, and then I would probably go poke at a rover for a second, or wander along the surface of Mars and find the jetpack and place a memorial. <laughs> <laughs> it's just sort of barely skirting across the surface. Yeah. <laughs> Kill me! <laughs> oh god! Yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> what? And then you just snap its little neck. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Sleep. It's okay. Sky crane. <laughs> Cover an American flag and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it makes me wonder though, like, you know, there's the thing is though, they're all like we have fantastic tool sets and a lot of really talented people to where if NASA said, Okay, we're gonna take this chunk of our budget and as just sort of an educational outreach thing, we're gonna make we're gonna get Unreal Four or CryEngine Three, get ten dudes, and they're gonna build this thing as just 
a one-off walk around and watch it happen right. from your own perspective. Right. On this, like, and it's just going to look like crisis. What's the kind of, I mean, like the sort of shit you would lose, uh, appreciate and learn from being able to like well, wazda like, around on the surface kind of, of Mars and look up happens. and wait for it to I happen. Mean, I think CryEngine is an, I think CryEngine has been used in like serious game applications, like training stuff for the military right. and NASA and stuff. That like would have been super if, rad though, because the Mars, the Mars NASA live stream, a ton of people on my Twitter feed. And like, I know all the giant bomb guys were talking about it. We're watching it through the Xbox dashboard because the featured mm, thing on the 360 awesome. that really night cool was that. watch the crazy fucking Mars thing land. That's cool. But if within that, it was just like press X to then pop into an unreal engine version of this thing where you can just right. sit on the ground and observe it or ride, or you press ride the fucking landing capsule down. Uh, or like, you're like, you're uh, like a style. and you press X <laughs> and then you realize that you're controlling the lander it's you and nasa calls you on the phone and they need you to complete the mission and then is like, this your high concept spec this, this is this is, what like is this my flight of the navigator right like it's all like space camp the movie where the kids get a chance to tour the space shuttle but then the doors close and then the shuttle right. accidentally launches and they've got to use their space camp training for real <laughs> except that it's an autonomous jetpack robot that commits suicide so that kid is <laughs> fucked <laughs> oh my god yeah. he's left an empty shell it was really tragic seven minutes later yep that film oh. was, in fact, called Seven Minutes of Terror. Well, he didn't know until another It's a safety video that. that they show at Space Camp, <laughs> Seven Minutes of Terror, don't do this. <laughs> it's the red asphalt of Space don't, Camp. <laughs> don't be the weird helper jet robot that <laughs> travels to Mars and leaves. Yeah, you learn that, though, through your Xbox experience. Yeah. Well, games are so Games just really have that power to just really put you in that experience and really make you learn that lesson through experience. Serious games. <laughs> We should pitch this for the new for next year's GDC Series Game Summit. The story of a kid who takes the place of the autonomous <laughs> jet robot on the Curiosity Lander and dies hopelessly in space. That seems, that seems pretty a good. cautionary a tale. cautionary tale. Yeah. Anyway, he spent. I really think it's about time games start tackling social messages, <laughs> like live in space for years <laughs> on a journey to Mars, but then die during the seven minutes of terror part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. cool. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's the space portion of our podcast. Actually, speaking of space, uh, so I haven't really been playing any games l- lately, uh, uh, at least not since QuakeCon, but I, except for, uh, I'm still sporadically playing FTL, mm-hmm. uh, which is awesome. And I don't know if I have a lot more to say about it beyond what I said on a progress cast a while ago, because it's still basically the same game. And I guess I'm just, I guess I just really like playing it, uh, but one thing that's cool is that because it's technically a beta that I'm playing through the Kickstarter, you know, the code that they gave out to all their Kickstarter backers, um, they're actually just doing updates on a regular basis because they're just they're still just making the game right. right now. And so if you have a Steam build through the Kickstarter, you're just getting – they patch it pretty frequently. And it's interesting. One of the things that they patched into the game a week or two ago, uh, maybe two weeks ago at this point, is save game functionality. Which is really interesting because it has had an effect on the way I play that I guarantee, I f- promise you, is not is not what the developers intended. But it's been it's been fascinating for me. What's going on? Um, so this is a game that, like um, like you know, Flotilla, a game like that, like um, or a lot of roguelikes. I mean, this isn't right. quite a roguelike, but it's you start often compared and you're to one because yeah. yeah you, you start and you go and then you you either get to the end or more likely you die on the way. Like I've never actually fully finished the game because it just gets so hard in the last boss. But uh, uh, so, I, you know, I generally when I sit down to play FTL at this point, I've gotten to the final boss enough 
that I know it's not going to take me more than like whatever chunk. Of, I don't even remember, like an hour and a half maybe. It's a max, um, probably a lot less than that. I know that I'm either going to get to the end and die, get almost to the end and die. Maybe one of these days actually beat that goddamn boss. He's one of those bosses that goes into like new form after you oh like think, his, his health bar goes down him. to the last pixel and he but then the, the little and then he like a little glow bit grows a new boss it's not quite that because it's a spaceship oh but he like warps away like right before you technically destroy him and, oh like, man classic move yeah it's horrible it's actually one really, of those boss really moves irritating. and then when he comes back he's way more powerful than he was before which is ridiculous because he just blew up half his ship anyway that's not what i wanted to talk about the point the reason i'm bringing this up is because i want to point out that the save functionality doesn't doesn't for me end up working the way that they intended, which presumably, and I could I could be doing this, which is presumably, oh halfway through whatever I don't have time to finish, I'll come back and wait later. But I usually don't start the game unless I know I've got to get out. <clears throat> oh, I, I I know what you're to say. I think we keep going. Really, I'd be I surpri- I'd be very surprised. Okay. If you did. So <laughs> the <laughs> we'll compare notes after this. <laughs> so the way the, the when the, the way the game works is you start off and you can name your spaceship whatever you want, and it'll assign you three crew members, and you can you can name them if you want, or it'll give them random names. Suicide Platform. <laughs> name mine of my mine is always one. called The Video Game. It's the name of my ship every time. Fantastic work, Chris. <laughs> yeah. That's very um, nice. However, I, don't, I, I never bother renaming the, the people, which would probably annoy Steve. Steve always gets really annoyed how I never – well, no, not never, but in many games – uh, unless it's the focus of the game, like a Bethesda title or something, or like Mass Effect or something, I won't bother customizing my guy, and that always really irritates Steve. <laughs> Steve is like so into every little no, bit no. of character. That it irritates me as well. Um, but in this case, the only customization is their names, and so I, I just end up leaving them whatever they're named when it starts. And I play the game, and eventually I, I die, which is what happens in a game like this. And then you start over, and if you... So usually what happens, or what happened up until they added save in, was I would get in the game and I will just quit. Like, I never play more than one in a row because it's just too much. So I would just, I would quit. I'd be, okay, whatever. A few days later, I would load it up again, start over again, go through that whole thing, name my ship, get assigned my three crew members, go through, blah, 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 blah. And then I realized one day that if you click restart at the end of the game, it just restarts with all the same, like, variables you had this time. So none of, I mean, this... You start mm-hmm. off with the same ship name that you already chose. You start off with the same three crew members that were already assigned. In my case, that were randomly assigned. Um, and it just brings you back to the first sp- sector of space again and you go. And I'm like, oh, that, that's convenient. You, like I don't need to actually, you know, actually rename all these guys and do all this just little uh, kind of housekeeping before you start. I think you would call it the fun part. <laughs> <laughs> well, but there's not, there really isn't enough customization to make it interesting. It's just name. The only customization is renaming your guys and that's it. Like they're just little models. I guess you could cycle through the models, but they're just little tiny sprites. Hmm. And so I'm like, all right, this is not like this degree of customization is not interesting on any kind of deep level unless I'm unlocking more things, which I, I guess happens at some point. But uh, so I start to realize when I get to the end, the, the last thing I do in the game before I quit is I restart, I, I move my guys to the place I want them in the ship, um, and, then, and then I save and quit, not having done anything. You're like using it as a template mechanism. Exactly. <laughs> right. So then when I load the game up next time, my ships, all, all I have to do is start playing. And my guys are already in the right place. They've already got their names. The ship is already named. Everything's ready to go um, because technically it's just a restart from the last time I played. It's not an actual new game. Uh, and so the, 
totally unintentional result of this is that I've had the same three starting crew members in every single game I've played for the last two weeks. And they, because of just the way that the game randomly put them on the ship, uh, the, when I, the first time these three were assigned to me, they're always like, I always direct them in the exact same order to the exact same systems. So it's always Elizabeth is my pilot. Manon is my engine, like engineer who like fixes the engines when shit goes wrong and operates them and like makes my ship more maneuverable. And Maria is my gunner in my, in my weapons room. And so for like two weeks, the probably a dozen or more games I've played in that amount of time, probably maybe two dozen games. I don't know how many games I've played. Um, have been these exact same three people and they're so firmly entrenched <laughs> in my mind as these roles where I'm like, yeah, Elizabeth's got that shit knocked, like locked down in the, in the, in the bridge. Like she's got this. And be, like, but I, does she, she's, they've never actually defeated the boss. You're putting them through this just looped hell. No, yeah, that's true. It is a horrible, it is basically groundhog day for these people. Well, there is every time, like I there, there's a, a bit more, there's actually an episode of star Trek, the next generation that has that storyline, which is now exactly what I was picturing when you were saying this, where it, it opens with all the characters sitting around a table playing cards. Uh-huh. And then a few minutes later, uh, events transpire, which makes the ship explode. And then, then it just like goes to the commercial break and comes back with them playing cards and they eventually oh shit sort of little echoes carry over over the course mm. of it and they eventually sort of figure out what's going on and solve yeah. the problem but yeah. my like the story inside of your horrible replay for those characters for me now is that episode <laughs> of the next generation where like elizabeth's like i feel like i shouldn't be at the console right now because i know that if i do this the like, like you know or like <laughs> the two or three times you get to the boss and he warps back they're like he's just gonna fucking warp back how do you know yeah, we've never we've never yeah, fought this exactly. guy before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you've you've created a horrible time loop hell for your like three guys by not yeah. letting them die by rerolling. <laughs> well, You're keeping them in stasis with the save feature. Well, and then what's funny on top of that um, to kind of embellish the story a bit more, I guess the you over the course of the game just naturally by playing there might you know little randomly generated plot events can happen that like a guy r- messages you and asks if he can join your crew to get away from uh, from this horrible planet where he lives or you like attack a slave ship and like rescue one of their one of the slaves uh from the ship and like then he joins your crew and like and so over the course of the game the past to the initial three you get all of these other Mm -hmm. you know all these other people with their their own random names that are added on that are completely different from game to game like different races different names like they end up doing different things on the ship depending when i where i when i pick them up but there's always that that crew of three, mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah, I can just I can just imagine like in this continuity, uh, they have this weird dawning realization among themselves that like just all the other crew members on the ship are just it's just a mission like just whatever just right. an ill fated mission uh, for these people just they die and they're just lost to the ether you know never to uh, never to resurface but for these three it's a uh, horrible never ending echo. Does it feel like? Does it feel to you like you're exploiting the game? I mean, do you expect this feature to change before it ships because of the fact that you're doing this stuff? Because see, of the torture you're putting your crewmates I through? I don't see how what, what difference it makes. Like, there's no there's no stat randomization. So it's, I mean, a crew member, the ones you start with are all human always. I think I could be wrong. Maybe I'm totally wrong about that. I for, actually I, I shouldn't say that because I'm not sure. But there's there's very little meaningful actual statistical or gameplay variation in the things you can in the starting state. Mm. Like it's just three crew members. It doesn't really affect anything. Um, so I don't know why they would, I don't know why they would okay. patch that out. I don't know what it would, mm-hmm. what 
harm it would be doing. Right. It was just it's just interesting because now those names to me are so firmly entrenched right, right. in those roles. Like I just what's can't great even is when imagine. you finally do re roll and something bad happens, you're like, oh, Maria would have killed that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, and what's cool too is that the um, is that the you like when you play, you always want to keep like once a crew member starts off in a, in a with in a given like chamber with a given system, like there's engines, weapons, shields, uh, uh, the bridge, we pilot. And then there's like minor systems that are a little less important, like uh, your camera system, your bulkhead system, uh, and your drones. And but like once you assign someone to one of those, and by assign I just mean just put them in the place. You want to keep them there indefinitely because the more they do that thing, the the better they'll get at it, and they can level up that ability, and it makes them actually a better gunner, which gives you bonuses, or a better engine operator, which makes you evade shots more easily. And same with the bridge. And then shields, your shields recharge faster, et cetera. So I, you really do, once once you started the game, you really, really do want to keep them there. So it's just another level of just reinforcement for me. It's like, yeah. it's like Manon is always, always in the engine room. Like that is what that guy does, period. Like Maria is always, always <laughs> on the turrets, like period. Uh, it's cool. Like it's, it's, a, it's, the, it's a level of personal attachment that it's something that I found a little bit lacking when I started playing this game, which because it's just – so much of it is just kind of clinical, random. Right. And, like I, I still think it's a bit of a weakness with the game, actually. Although obviously I like it a lot because I'm playing it tons. But um, there, you know, in general, I feel like the game could have more personality, mm-hmm. and this totally unintentional little bit of emergence that they have in there now has actually gone a huge distance in mm-hmm. achieving that for me. It's a cool game. I just gotta. Get, I, I have a beta key. I just you should play it. Should. Chris has got me all excited about it now. I did finally. I know you put like you. We probably talked about this game too much too, but uh, you put so many hours in the Binding of Isaac, yeah. and I played forty-five minutes and totally figured out why you put in like. Oh really? Oh, times interesting. That, yeah. I, so what? What was your? It just latched reaction instantly. to that game. We haven't really talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. No, I thought I think it's great. Like I, it's funny because um, I think a conversation with Steve maybe on like a GDC was, cast or something. No, uh, we. I don't think we've ever actually talked about Binding of Isaac no, on the cast, but it was on Goaty.cx. Oh, right, yeah. So Steve's descent on... GOTY.CX, the Idle Thumbs Game of the Year website. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go there. We haven't Uh, haven't talked about that on a real podcast. No. You should go there, though, because, I mean, we pick, like, three games... Or four? We had three games, or sort of, like, these are the games of the year. We have the three games of the year, then we have a bunch of runners-up. Yeah. Yeah. But also, because, I mean, obviously we don't don't agree with each other. Like, we don't really have unanimous agreement about much. It's funny, because there's kind of a descent. On the podcast, I feel like we often do, but it masks how many things we... Like yeah, it's definitely our candor belies our yeah. About, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Steve wrote a dissenting opinion for Binding of Isaac. It was like I don't understand why I'm supposed to like this game. This <laughs> kid is covered everywhere. in shit and poo, yeah. and this is yeah. off-putting and yeah. gross. Goodbye. Yeah. And uh, none of that hit with me. Yeah, me too. It's so funny. And yeah. like, if somebody almost, if somebody came up to me in the street and said, "Hey, uh, here's a video game. I'm going to hand it to you, and it's about a kid, and he's going to like." kill bloody bloody distorted monsters and like, have to like smash poop piles to find odd, like zelda hearts i would be a little off put by the pitch <laughs> but yeah, it's true it's funny that i think there's a part of me that i was thinking about it that is so just refreshed by the feces it's so I, refreshed I, I by I the theme you're getting at which is a horrible it's just so a horrible sentence that you've spoken but <laughs> so refreshed by the feces just i just want to just kind of breathe them in just let them percolate. Yeah, I just want to stew. Just waft those feces. It's sort of like feces. an effervescence yeah. <laughs> just from the shit. Kind of 
dab my face. Okay, okay. we okay. <laughs> and now <laughs> we were all telling the line, and you just like cannonball. Oh, I just put into my, the put my foot in that line of poo. Thanks, Chris. Please continue. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I also kind of know what you mean, and it just—it's so refreshing that obviously how unguarded it is. Is that part completely of what you how unguarded yeah. and yeah, unfiltered yeah. it is? Mm-hmm. And you would never—it's the—it's what's amazing and fantastic about indie games. Period is that there's nobody in a room somewhere else saying no. It's just Ed McMillan. Ed, Ed yeah, yeah, Ed McMillan saying, and Tommy Refinez. Yeah, just saying yes. To themselves. Well, also, this is a weird Christian it's parable. So indulgent. About poop. Like, just yeah. whatever. We're just doing that. And if it was, if it was just a Newgrounds beat 'em up, I probably, if somebody like sent it to me or I discovered it, I would play it, and that would be it. But it's incre- it's just also this incredibly well designed, yeah. and it makes you so curious. And this, actually, it's great because I think both the mechanic of oh, if I get that, I wonder what's behind that, like. Get that it's if you haven't played it, it's basically Zelda dungeons that are um, uh, systemically generated, and I mean you call these roguelike games mm-hmm. uh, where you're going through basement after basement after basement trying to beat bosses. There was a game. Sorry, I'm going to distract you no, for half right. a sec. There was a game that I played at California Extreme that was actually a non roguelike version of The Binding of Isaac, but it was old. It was a Robocon, a Robotron. 2064 clone sort of was like this you, the one with the the match two i don't know it was it was a robotron game where you moved a guy um no that was a crazy thing that was a, we should talk no, about we should that, talk about that. Yeah. but this game it, it was weird to, i was playing it with zach from video games hot dog and i and i played it for a minute and it was like oh this is just kind of a crappy robotron clone he said no 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 no. keep playing it for a second <laughs> because the controls are weird like you can only shoot in four directions you can only move uh, in four directions without it and it's really sort of clunky but it had a persistent map that you uncovered over time, and it had small objectives, like it had locking key puzzles and stuff, and it made me realize that The Binding of Isaac is actually way closer to that game than to Zelda. Like, it always gets compared to Zelda dungeons, but... Yeah. I just, for some reason... Had... I also just played a lot of Link to the Past, like, a year ago. Right, but, like, yeah. I, I kept thinking about Binding of Isaac in terms of Zelda, and then when you were playing it, you're like, oh, well, I played so much Geometry Wars too. this yeah, just comes second nature I'm also me. really yeah. good at it. Like, right. it instantly picked it up. I used Joy to Key. Oh, so you used a controller. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I did you all were, the mouse, You were dual-sticking so it and yeah, going I, crazy. I, yeah, and I just ripped through it. Like, I, you know, I didn't die in the first hour I played mm-hmm. the game. Yeah, yeah. And, again, Which I played the of my probably 300 hours of Geometry Wars 2. Oh, like, I probably, oh at God. one point, I was, a, my, like, base score was... It's so funny to me how the games that you was in the top like 500 most associated with yeah, are just the, totally different than the games that you end up, like pouring all this time into i mean making yeah or just i don't yeah. know <laughs> i think about that a lot it's, just, it's, <laughs> right, it's like you were a ranked geometry wars 2 player yeah i was because I, I, well, yeah. I just i only say that because i just didn't i would have never it just never would have occurred to me i never would have yeah. assumed that yeah i mean i'm not saying actually that leads into a conversation that i wanted to bring to the cast it's something i've been thinking about while i've been driving around but we'll talk about that in a minute mm-hmm. but um uh because it's actually it goes deeper than that. From like it, it gets into like a personal beinghood that I have to talk about. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, so the thing that's great about the th- like the theme of Binding of Isaac being so fucking insane and just raw is that I'm so curious as to where it's going. I'm so curious when I encounter a creature. Or when I, the first time you can, there's these like, there's this, I hate to take this away from you if you haven't played the game, but I walked into a room and there was a thing there and there were some icons on the screen 
Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? There's like a statue. <laughs> there's a statue of a guy, and there's you can basically give up give up a heart oh, for something. Oh yeah, yeah, give yeah, up yeah, two yeah, hearts. Yeah. I didn't quite understand that there's a mechanic. Lot of stuff like that in this game, yeah. Yeah, and well, then, you, but you you rooms, by, and then it's just learn by, by doing. doing but, it's but it makes you lesson. so curious the first yeah. time you see something new, yeah. which maps perfectly with dungeon crawlers, where there's something behind that door. I wonder what it is. Yeah. And because I'm so curious well, about the very, mechanical like, benefits, and it's I'm also so very Old Testament, you know, where it's just yeah. like, it's you're seeing just, everything like, new for the first is time. Harsh and right. the, you know, like it's just these are the laws; they are somewhat yeah. inscrutable. But like they it, don't, you know, it's mm-hmm. totally as opposed to New Testament, where it's like it's very clear kind it, of covenant. It means you know, that Isaac yeah. actually undergoes some fucking extreme trials, uh, like you know, just you. you At have one to point, just when I was just a shit, soulless have your guy body with a heart ruined. attached to my chest crying gray tears by the way you so when i made the geometry Wars reference you basically if one half of the keyboard moves you wazda up down left right and the like arrows shoot up down left right so you can do those things asynchronously from each other so you can mm-hmm. like move left and shoot yep, a different yep, direction yep. but i use the sticks and that's the way i would play i use the left hand keyboard and right hand mouse okay although i know you can do right hand key keys as well yeah, I, yeah. I would aim and shoot with the mouse but um you're shooting your projectiles are his this boy's tears uh, so it makes you say funny things when you're playing like oh my tears are gray now oh my tears like, oh, are so much better mom's oh. bra is recharged because <laughs> <laughs> jake was it was great because jake was watching me play and that's the one thing i'm bad with is just digesting all of my possibilities in the ui and i think that's probably mm-hmm. because i played so much geometry wars where there's none of that mm-hmm. where it's just i just gotta fly and shoot i don't have to, and i have bombs but you just never try to use those yeah. unless you're in a pickle um, but Jake, Jake would just kind of was like sitting behind my shoulder and be like, mom's bras re- recharge. I'm like, what? I'm like, boop. And I would hit it and it would give you a bonus, you know, so yeah. you're getting these things. Yeah. But, um, no, I think the game is like, it's incredibly well made. It's thoughtful and yeah. it, I'm just so curious about it. I'm still, I've only, you know, I've only put an hour into it. Yeah. But like, I am incredibly curious about, to, about this game. Yeah. And I think that's it's, awesome. It's pretty great. It's interesting. Um, I would, I since that game came out, so much more content has been added to it that I suspect it's almost, in a lot of ways, almost a different experience, especially for a new player starting now. I haven't really... I played it a little bit when, when what Wrath of the Lamb came out, but I not enough to really get a sense. But it, you can tell it's already... Right. It's way different than it was when it shipped. Kind of the way TF2 is like... If you started playing it right now, not that extreme, but you know, you don't have to have that stuff enabled, though, do you? You can start a plain oh, really? binding because I, I think, thought it all just patched. The game. Oh, I thought that if you, I were don't pl- know. I think if you're I mean, playing binding, binding of Isaac with Wrath of the Lamb, just your first second out of the gate experience is just way more destructive to you as a player than if you're than in the original game, right? That's I didn't I, know you that was even an option. Oh, I don't know. I just, maybe I, I'm that's totally, just uh, the thing that I had heard about. I don't, oh, okay. about There's that none of that. I, sorry, I just, only bought like I bought it on a Steam sale for a dollar. So right. you didn't buy the the DLC. I didn't get. I oh, only I thought, got. I thought that was DLC. Is it free? Oh, I thought it was free. Maybe I'm totally. Oh, it is an expansion. You have to buy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you just haven't seen that, right? Okay. Yeah. So fine. I'm curious actually because I did buy it. I now that I now I actually remember that. I guess I in fact bought it. Um, I'm curious actually. I had to go play it and see what see what that's about. So you put tons of hours. Oh, you I put, put hundred at least hundred hours. hours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I was looking. You so um, yeah. The the thing about the just sort of the poo and the everything. Um, the thing that it kind of reminds me of most, and and I don't. I don't want to, to to drill too deep into this comparison because I don't want to make like equivalency or start talking about this is as good as that or whatever, whatever. Beside the point, the it, the thing that it kind of just Go reminds to. me. <laughs> <laughs> good, Jake. Thanks. The thing that it reminds me of the most, just in pure, uh, just 
reaction is like our crumb or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a, oh yeah. Like that's, a really that's raw, real. yeah. like uh, kind of alternative comics guy. Uh, Paul Pope who, is actually the guy who I was going to – it's so funny. I actually thought of Paul Pope playing a game. He's oh, – yeah. he, he kind of like draws ugly, I guess mm-hmm. is the way to describe yeah. it. I mean mm-hmm. it's a really shitty way to describe it. No, but there's a lot yeah. – that, that's a definite style right. in like underground and alternative comics. Yeah. It's like the just sort of grotesque – grotesqueness. You know, like oh. Crumb is not is not super far in that direction. But he's the, – the reason I think of him is because he's just all about just all of his just horrible insecurities and prejudices and everything just coming directly out onto the page. And right. like it's just – his work is fascinating for that and other reasons. Um, and uh, – I don't. I don't necessarily. You know. Again, I don't want to start saying like Edmund McMillan is the R. Crumb of games. Like pfft, whatever. That's stupid. But but who is? Why we're on the subject? <laughs> oh, it's Citizen Kane. Oh, okay. Metroid Prime. I'm sorry. I get this. Oh, confused. I thought you said Citizen Kane is the R. Crumb of games. That's that is what. Oh, I said. Okay. Citizen Kane is the Metroid Prime Met- of Metroid games. Metroid is the Citizen Kane of R. Crumb. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So that that was like I because I remember when you know when Steve made that. Uh, sort of evaluation of the thing and I can totally see where he's coming from but for me it just didn't as you say like it didn't it didn't bother me because I was almost just glad to see that that attitude like one of the things that I think is dangerous about uh, being really prescriptive about um, sort of controversial content and like I think it's really important to be sensitive to uh, to groups that are that are marginalized and that that are frequently target of abuse but there's another there's another uh kind of parallel aspect to that which is that i i think that there is some degree of benefit in art to expose the fucked up shit in people's brains because that shit's gonna be probably and like it's 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 hard to say. Like, no, for example, I, I like Lolita is right. an important work that should exist, right. even though obviously the character depicted in it is contemptible. Right. You know but I mean? yeah, like people often conflate taboo with uh, people often conflate taboo with sort of oppression or like sort of uh, like a a misaligned power structure of you know like if this game was like you were you know if this was if Binding of Isaac was the same style and everything, but you're running around like killing a certain race or something you know it starts like people can people throw all that stuff into the same bucket of bad you know and i think making an art piece around taboo versus around sort of like fucked up power structures like those are different things you know i do think those things get conflated a lot well and also the difference between those two things is that a game where you just go around killing people of a certain race or whatever that's just entirely externalized like horrible, just, just like genocide. Like that's not, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's to me, like occupies a very different artistic space than exploring in looking inwardly to your own brain and trying to puzzle through what's going on in there. You know what I mean? Like the, it's, it's why taboo is charged. It's like, that's why Lolita isn't about a guy who just goes around serially raping a children. You know what I mean? Like it's a, not not to say the guy's actions in the book are defensible, but right. it's it's much more of a of a personal examination of this mindset and character right. and not just well, a trivialization and kind of sensationalism of like just wanton uh right. like oppression or you know like racial uh uh like genocide or anything like right. that. Like there's a the there's the inward and then there's the externalized view of these things and like one of them is a lot can can be, I think, more artistically worthwhile than the other. No, I completely agree. 
Like I absolutely completely agree. I think it's super important for any creative form that's trying to do anything to get into that stuff because taboo exists not by natural law. Taboo exists based on like our manufacturing of it. Like we, we manufacture the reality of taboo right. in a society. And if you can't, exp- if you can't present that in a creative work, um, in an amoral way or in a, in a way that doesn't have moral judgment on it, then you're not really exploring what it is to be a member of that oh, society. One, one right. place that you can't express this content is on the Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's true. I, yeah. They were, uh, Edmund McMillan was trying to do yeah, a yeah. DS port of this and yeah. I think they started developing it and then Nintendo said, yeah. we won't certify it be- for content purposes, which is, Hey, a platform holder can do whatever they want. I just think it's stupid. I know. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was, Oh, I thought it was interesting for them to even try putting that on a Nintendo platform. It's like, great, who, but they like, should try. Yeah. Who yeah. thought that would work? Nobody. I'm glad they tried. It's weird to like, I wonder how often these days Nintendo blocks something for content purposes like that for moral content purposes. It's really weird. Is it so, PC only? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that, which by the way, is another nice thing about the PC is that, you know, I just didn't yeah, know if you could play it on Mac. Like, um, so there was a great, I'm sorry, this is, this is a kind of a, I'm not going to read this whole quote cause it's long, but I, I found this quote about the novel by, uh, Milan Kundera a couple weeks ago. And I just thought it was so excellent and it really, it really relates to what we're saying. So I'm just going to be a pretentious douche and just read a quote onto the cast. Cause I just really liked it. We're going to, we're going to say be a pretentious douche without saying anything snarky. Suspending moral judgment is not the immorality of the novel. It is its morality. Yeah. Like the, the whole point of, of art, at least to me, is to, is to represent what's going on internally, honestly, and to hopefully present it in such a way that allows the reader, the player, listener, whatever, to interpret mm-hmm. and to hopefully come to some understanding. And like I don't necessarily personally think The Binding of Isaac is actually going to uh, leave me with a lot of really carefully considered, uh, you know. You don't think it's going to peel like, back the layers of existence, yeah, it's probably <laughs> of humanity. Not, but I do think it's it's pretty worthwhile, uh, simply as a weird look into a guy's brain. Like, yeah. I think it's totally valid as that. Yep. Yeah. No. And it's just one of those things that I'm really glad exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if one really talented young game designer plays it and goes, oh man, wow, games can, like, it just sort of expands his possibility space for what he can express. That's exciting to me. Yeah. And I'm really glad that people like McMillan are making games like this. It's very good. Good, good. Yep. Yeah, we should take a break. No, let's do that. Can we take a break? No. <sighs> Video game! I'm Sean Vanneman. <laughs> for Patagonia, wicked underpants. <laughs> Wicked, wicked underpants. Moisture wicking. Is there wicking. an H in, in wick? No. no. Yeah. Wick. Wicked. <laughs> wicked undergarments. Wick. The Vanaman collection. This does sound like like an outdoor apparel brand. Wicked. Wicked. It's like yeah, like it's like Orvis or like one of those like H O U I C K. Yeah. Wicked. Wicked. Made in America. When we were talking Wait, about thing that, yeah, when you were like, oh, I never. So are we back? Kind of. Yeah, yeah, we can be back. Okay. Hi, we're back. Hey. Maybe, but you might want to cut all this stuff because I don't know <laughs> if it's actually going to be interesting. Okay. It's more just me thinking out loud. But when you said, um, oh, you don't really come across as one of those guys who really like play a lot of this game or that game, and I don't. 
But the problem is, like, I am really into Dota right now. No, I know. And I, to the point where I actually feel kind of weirdly guilty about it. Uh-huh. I don't, does that happen to you guys yeah, where you're yeah, just sort sure. of, yeah. uh, it's so funny. I'm compelled to pl- keep playing this game. And like, I think is, about it when, is, I'm, when like, I'm, how is this improving me? It's like, not improving like, me at all. Right, yeah. And like, I got married this year. So like, I have to tell my wife, oh, I'm just going to play Dota for an hour. So like, I have this like built in human mechanism that's, and that's the cool thing about like being married is you just it's you are just so honestly yourself there's no hiding your shit right you know but at the same time but, you're now probably way now, more aware of it than you would have right been. but now because you have to actually walk to another human being you're like i've decided to share my life with you except for this hour right now i need to play dota 2 <laughs> except for this one twenty fourth of <laughs> Hold the on, day i'm gonna go be queen of pain for an hour. <laughs> i'm not allowed to be queen of pain anymore wait seriously yeah there's a feminist argument where I'm not allowed to be queen of pain, oh, and she doesn't like the the barks. Is and I don't have a good. I, I don't have played that character. I don't have. A, I assume it's really stupid. Yeah, get okay. on the pain. Right. Yeah, yeah. You. thanks, video games. Yeah, so it's like thanks you're welcome. <laughs> One morning she's like, "Well, God bless her." Like, I mean, I'm really stoked. I married Amelia because <laughs> of the story I'm about to say. But like, one morning over breakfast. um, I was, we were talking about that and I said, well, let me pick a character that has good noises that you like. And she said, can you do that? And I go, here, let me just bring up the Dota wiki page yeah. that has everybody's voice right. on it. Uh-huh. And I would play something you and she played be- her the shitty wizard. I did. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, 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 what did she think? Oh. Did she like it? Did she, did she realize it was a, an idle thumbs thing? Oh, oh, Ooh. she did. She thought it was really, really great. Oh, you guys. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're just going through 108 lords, mm-hmm. and the guy's like, going forward. And she's like, no. He's like, going forward. She's like, mm. like going forward. She's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, and then she's like, we'll play more of that guy. That. Like, and he's like, cash for the poor. Last hit, got it. Murder. She's like, I like that it's all the same tone. I can ignore that. At the same amount. <laughs> it's just low you know? frequency. It's the time when somebody's like, oh, 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 there we go now. Last hit here. Oh, good. She's like, no, I can't ignore that with the same right. amount of so, energy. So, she has to keep, like, it's like there's an internal if there's volume a frequency knob. she can tune out, yeah. Yeah. Th- that you're allowed to those lords only. Right, right. Only yeah. so, like, tune Slardar out Slardar is my only. new guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just learning to play this fucking be- ocean beast. What is a part of the His name Slardar, by the way. ignore when you're doing this near me. It's Slardar. My husband runs Slardar. <laughs> like, I, I love her so much. She's like sitting there being super like <laughs> and she doesn't give a shit about video games, but she's being super sort of like present in the conversation. I thought you were gonna say supportive. No, but she's saying like yeah, you, she's like, so yeah. You and your Slardar. Yeah. She's like, so yeah, you oh, can play as Yeah, exactly. She's like, well, Slardar's totally fine. <laughs> and she's like, that drow, mm, I don't know. She's like, and I can handle, I know you have an attachment to the Lich, so like, you can keep, <laughs> like, it's like, oh, thanks, hon. And, like, and I was like, well, I do really like Queen of Pain, and I think I'm good with her. She's like, no, there's, we need to talk about Queen of Pain. <laughs> what other, there was like some other characters I can play, but they're also like, the ones she picked are like, these hard carry motherfuckers that like, I have no business playing. <laughs> so like, I'm just gonna be in a match, a pickup game, and I'm playing like, like fucking like, my uh, wife only lets me. It's like my wife. My wife only lets me play Slardar. She said, yes. "Yeah, <laughs> I have to play Slardar." I know I'm so hard semi carry. I'm really, I'm you know supposed to be supporting you, and I'm not. Sorry, I'm not. I'm learning. I'm watching YouTube's. My wife said I have to. What if to. you play? What if you play like team captain mode and Slardar is banned? 
or whatever that mode is. I'm not just a loud Slardar, because I think that paints Guys, I'm not just a loud Slardar. <laughs> I could be other guys. I think that paints Which one Amelia in a cool? bad light. <laughs> I think that puts her in a bad light. No, um, I love Amelia. She's great. But awesome. I'm not just allowed. I have like seven lords. I'm allowed. I'm allowed to play. Uh, You're like Amelia's well, going out of town. Is, is none of mouse them. drifts over to Queen of Pain. <laughs> exactly. Oh, good. Yeah, can't, some wild time. Can't wait for that. Sem- can't wait for that semester to start. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, the problem is all the guys who I like to play, like Tidehunter and Queen of Pain, and uh, like are just. Didn't make the cut. No, they're just right out. Didn't make the cut. Yeah. You and Amelia, though, you've played. You've played some Skyrim. You played a lot. She of loves Civ Skyrim. Five. She likes. She played Civ 5 both uh, Gravity Gone and Thirty Flights of Loving. I think she actually she even really. Those are her, she said that Thirty Flights of Loving is the favorite. Her favorite game she's played. Nice up in like yeah. ever. That yeah, and, I made part of that. <laughs> yeah, she said exclusively for the music. Oh yeah, that and Limbo. She said were her two favorites yeah. ever. Oh, and cool. I do think it's just because style is so yeah, like yeah. It's really present. so present, but in a really. Those games also just from a non-aggressive tone standpoint way. are, yeah. are mm-hmm. tone festivals. Yeah. 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 And the things that they're about are not necessarily su- – I mean a little more so in Limbo's case. But they're not – you don't need to be super tapped into the mechanics to get right. what those games are about. Right. But the issue is, is like it doesn't change the fact that I'm not – for the first time in my life really – and I guess it's because like I'm a grown-up with more responsibilities now – that I'm really having a hard time managing my opinion of my se- of my fan of my enjoyment of Dota. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm not having a hard time managing my time yeah. or managing. It's like well, I'm having a more a harder time managing the fact that I like it. It feels very schizophrenic. Yeah, and I don't like it at all, and I don't really know what to do about that. Yeah, I know. So I if you have any suggestions, mean. please write in at questions at thumbs.net. <laughs> I do really quick, and this might go nowhere, but when we were driving around at work today and you were talking about this, right? you right. mentioned that the other time this has happened to you is when you played Modern Warfare 2. Oh, yeah, that's oh, true. Really? Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Is, which is the best. But the thing is, that's was, a game that we're, we probably right. didn't talk about a lot, especially in the context of multiplayer. On and, I was in be- and I was in oh, between relationships, and I just fucking tore through multiplayer. Like I got all really? you get to level seventy or whatever and get the gold the gold shit and did that. Like went on like a you know, like definitely played the shit out of it. To the point where I thought I was pretty good. Where I could get like I could go twenty five and five in a match, you know. I could get the ace the D C ten crazy perk and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. DC 10, that's not right. I don't AC think either of us have anything 30, to yeah. say about this because we've never, we, I've never touched Modern No, but it's one of those games like, that like I would leave, I would stop playing it and go to work or whatever. And again, like this is a different time in my life. And I would think like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why am I playing? Like I should be writing the great American novel. I should be reading a book. I should be going for, I live in San Francisco. Like, what am I doing? And it's not the same feeling. Like I had much more. There was a, there was a, a layer of self loathing that came with Modern Warfare Two that is not <laughs> there with Dota. Yeah, but it's still sort of a guilt thing. And I don't really know what that means. But I certainly don't. Feel, I didn't. It doesn't ever come across the fact that I like. I'm. A, I can't wait to go home and play Binding of Isaac some more. So. That's because it got Putin. Dude, I'm so stoked for the more international, though. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll feel it. You'll yeah. feel it strong. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really start to go to the international, though. The what? The international. Explain that for people who don't know what the international is. The international That's a generic name for a thing. Is the, uh, this is the second annual international. <laughs> <laughs> the second uh, annual The International. Second annual The International, which is uh, Valve's hosted um, Dota tournament. It's, in, it's an invitational, right? Yes, it's the so, invitation. It's the international invitational. There's 16 international teams. 
There's only like two American teams, three American teams, which I think is really fascinating and really cool. The grant, the purse, it's like a $1.8 million purse. First oh, prize outrageous. gets a million dollars. Yeah. You know, it's a pretty, it's going to be in packs. I mean, it's going to be in Seattle during packs. Um, and which you were at first bummed about. You were like, "Ugh, what are all these? What's this League of Legends and the International doing? Dorks. Showing up in Seattle, fucking taking it all up. up all our hotel rooms." Chris, I need to get an invite to the International. I need to go to the International. <laughs> Chris, figure it out, please. <laughs> gotta, gotta get into that. That international. was the best email of that week. Was you saying, "Hey, I think we can go to the International." It's like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm gonna be kind of at sea. I don't really know this game. It's all right, well, man. But yeah. I got my my Guiding. International jersey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my Gigabyte sponsored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's gonna be. I don't know. Maybe it'll be the thing that that assassinates my. Right. Maybe I'll it's just. It'll like, be overload. Or, like last or, or it will be the thing yeah. where you realize that you've actually just been stacking like this beautiful sort of log cabin arrangement of wood and dousing it with lighter fluid. Then you go to the international, and that's the match that just <laughs> just the flame, <laughs> the dota flame yeah. in your heart of like. <sighs> <sighs> yeah. You'll actually become a lord. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's actually a Dota 2 commercial where that happens. (laughs) It's amazing that first prize is a million dollars. Yeah. A million dollars? If you play Dota a ton between now and PAX, maybe that million dollars can be yours. I'm not invited. Idle Thumbs could run. Wait, I thought you were going to the international. Time for training montage. (laughs) But I'm not even invited, guys. (laughs) Think of a million dollars across five guys from the Ukraine. That's fucking life changing. That's amazing to me. Wow. Anyway, I have nothing insightful to say about any of that other than I'm excited. Yeah, should be good. Should we be see us at the international. Come say hi. Oh, speaking of that, it's worth or saying one one more time out of the billion times. We're gonna be at PAX. We're doing yeah. um we're doing a panel Friday morning. Friday morning thirty AM Which theater? Pegasus Theater. Is it Pegasus? Okay. It's Pegasus. Uh and we're going up against the keynote. So tell your friends. Yeah, we're, we're double booked with the opening keynote. We which, would never say which, anything bad about Ted Price of, of uh, no, Insomniac. Super nice guy. Super nice guy. Yeah. I would say but that our panel is going to be awesome. Probably, probably lame. Pretty bad. Probably pretty a bad shitty bad. panel you don't want to go do. But the Idle Thumbs yeah. live show, it's going to be shit. crazy. Yeah. We do have uh, some fun things we've been talking about amongst ourselves. No, no promises. We'll <laughs> but we are really looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, we're going to do our, our damn best to make it an entertaining hour. Yeah, so go to our PAX panel if you're going to PAX. It's Friday, 10.30 Or if you're going to the International, look for Sean. Mm-hmm. He'll be wearing the shirt that says, I'm Famous Vanneman on it. <laughs> Are you getting me one of those made like you said you would? I am now. Like Jake definitely said he would? Yeah. 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 If, I, were- if I get you an I'm Famous Vanneman shirt, are you wearing that to the International? Yeah. Get, t- get Mike to tack that on. Okay, that's happening now. We're doing that. It's fine. <laughs> Done. Um, God, speaking of which, we went over to the... To the uh, the T-shirt, the the screen printers where we're having our shirts printed. Yeah, it's called Babylon Burning in San Francisco. Yeah, it's awesome. If you live in San Francisco and need shirts printed, get them done with these guys because they're amazing. Good library, dude. Good library. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they didn't pay us to say that. <laughs> I just want to be clear. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, they're they. We in fact paid them thousands and yeah. thousands and thousands we're not even and say thousands how many of thousands dollars because it it was more of thousands to by. A lot than the number of thousands that I said. Yeah. Add many, many more thousands. You would add Jason. more than 10 to what yeah. the number that I said. And yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need this much money to do a podcast. No. You but do, you do you gotta... need to print and ship thousands of t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> That's where all that money's going to go. But it was really cool to go over there and see them starting to do all yeah. the stuff. Like, and this stuff. Go to our – check out our blog at idlethumbs.net to see some progress photos because this stuff's going to turn out so much more awesome than I think we – 
initially. Like when we initially were just like, for fifty dollars you get a T-shirt. Like that was probably a very vague. Yeah, they're, notion they're in turning our brand. out all classy, like which is pretty sweet, impressive. So yeah. these are gonna. I would just go on a limb here and say I would venture to say these are probably gonna be sweeter T-shirts than you're gonna get in most Kickstarters or video game merchandise T-shirts. I got a pretty good T-shirt from Venus Patrol, even though it's not a style of T-shirt that I would usually wear. That's true. That was nice. There have been some good But this one's got that sick Out of Thumbs logo on it, which is way better than some sort of like wolf fox lady being (laughs) bisected at the limbs and stuff. Yeah, what you want is a giant... It's pretty cool. But (laughs) what you really want is two huge hands with a tiny typewriter coming out of a circle and it's saying idle thumbs underneath it. Yeah, you probably want that. Or you want... Or you want a gold foil fucking wizard shirt. (laughs) A gold foil shirt shirt is going to be amazing. Yeah, anyway, yeah. let's read some reader mail. Yep. So Joe Wintergreen writes, Hey, Thumbs, I got a lot uh, out of your responses the other week to the question about achievements. I'm making a game now that I'm hoping to ship this year on Steam and iOS. And while neither of those platforms requires achievement, there's a weird peer pressure I get from other indie devs to implement achievements and leaderboards and microtransactions, even though they're not clearly totally appropriate for my game, which is kind of a slow-paced meditative puzzling and exploration thing. When I tell these guys there's no way a leaderboard makes sense in that context, the consensus is that I should implement some kind of challenge mode purely to support that feature. It's really tiring to argue against. Have you guys encountered this before, and do you think there's anything to be gained by putting the stuff in the game where it doesn't belong? Uh... I mean, we kind of we kind of elucidated. I mean, we I mean, we well, it's, it's also insinuated tough. that we had. It's tough for have. us because we work for a studio which has a marketing department, which I think means the pressure comes from a different place than like other peer developers. Yeah, and also just our it, platform partners and things like that. Yeah, it's it's frustrating to me to hear that that even is a thing that exists because it seems like achievements, especially ex- from other indie devs. It seems like, like achievements dude. exist because <laughs> Jay Allard came out on stage at GDC and said you can trade your gamer points for rims with the 360. Like that's yeah. where all that stuff. Well, um, he actually, on that kind of on that note, he goes on to say, on a related note that's not a question, at E3 I overheard a guy from Chan Entertainment who made Infinity Blade discussing microtransactions with Infinity, which Infinity Blade is known for. I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, microtransactions are bullshit, I hate them, and I wish they weren't in the game. The idea of those guys implementing features they hate without a platform owner forcing it on them was fascinating to me. But again, they're a par- a chair is a part of Epic. Right. So, like, right, but the thing you have to remember, like, the point is, as just... On the highest level, are you going to sometimes be in positions to put things in your game uh, that you don't want in there? Yeah. Does it suck? Yeah. Should you, like, iOS, indie, Steam developer do it? No. <laughs> the, thing that I, the thing that I actually want to know, and I, I don't because I don't know any, like, full-time iOS indie guys, is do they have metrics on that stuff? Like, is the That's reason a good that, point. Are they pressuring this guy to do it? Because it's like you got to do it. Good philosophy. No, like if it is just like that's what you do in a game. That's what people like these days. Or is it like do it? Put a challenge mode in because I didn't. And then in my next game or in the game or in the next rev of my game, I put in a challenge mode, and now I'm making a fuckload of money. So you're stupid for not putting it in. Like is it just that space to me? From what little I do know, seems like it is one. Well, okay, sorry. Backing up, games (laughs) as a commercial medium are a space where assumed knowledge sometimes shows up without metrics or gets a life of its own inside of a developer community where it's like, oh, gamers like this. Like, do you like that? No. Are you a gamer? Fuck yes. What are you doing then? Like that. So I think you make a good point. If somebody somebody links you a chart, like a PDF where it says, this is, this is the sort of like microtransaction revenue you're looking at. If you put a challenge mode in with this sort of like purchasable perk and it fits thematically into your game, then this game's going to be the one that pays for your next game. But it also, it's like, it depends. It, that, that sort of thing does then also go all the way back to 
why are you in this? Like the guy who made yeah. Tiny Wings is an example of a dude who I think it's a great is example. Like one guy made a game that got to the top of the charts in the App Store for weeks. Like it was the first big thing to upset Angry Birds, and then he's he put out a tease like a month or so ago for Tiny Wings Two, and people are like, "This is it, Tiny Wings Two is the cash in." And then he said, "No, no, no." This spoiler, it's actually Tiny Wings 2.0. It's a free update to Tiny Wings 1 where I just put all this extra shit in the game. I've been working on it for a year straight. Everyone who bought Tiny Wings, you're already updated to Tiny Wings 2. And I'm just doing it because it's going to bump me back up to the top of the charts. But it's all just stuff that I wanted to put in the game. Like, that's it. One-man dev team, out. And that's such the opposite of the usual right. model. Yeah, but I'm cool. sure that he's successful at it. I'm sure he's he's successful but with he's also, whatever his de- definition of success is. Sure. You know, I mean, could he be making more money off Tiny Wings? Absolutely, yes. But that's why, not why he's making the yeah. game, which is cool. Which, which is, is awesome. a, it's also crazy to think about when you are. He is a guy who is one of probably a dozen people who have sat at the top of the games chart for yeah. that long. That isn't uh, he, especially probably in like top three or four people total who have ever been number one. Who at this point aren't Disney or you're right, uh, yeah. whatever the Angry Birds devs is Rovio. Rovio, yeah, right. like those guys. Um, so it's. Like that is an a extreme counterexample, but yeah. like it also obviously has its own momentum and was number one and stuff. But like, you I don't, think that's a good point. Have though. to do it, but it makes yeah, it makes me wonder what are the metrics versus what is just assumed philosophy. And also, you have to ask yourself, what am I doing this for? Exactly. If, if the if the regardless of metrics or philosophy, yeah, or exactly. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. So that's what we think. Good question, though. Yeah. yeah. And good, good luck on your game, man. Hope, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Making games is super goddamn hard. So. You said, Sean, that you want to talk about something on the forums? Oh, the forums is really good right now. Um, sorry, there's a couple of threads. One, this is just anecdotal, and then the other one is actually a conversation that started today. And, like, really, some of our, like, like my favorite people on the forums are a part of the conversation. So I'll So if you're not a bit. part of this conversation, Sean's burned. You're not on Sean's Well, the list. funny <laughs> is the great, the thing that is just fantastic is, so we've had this Mo- Idle Thumbs Motorcycle Club forum for a few months now. And it's just people on it's the forum. It's a thread. It's, not it's a thread. Sorry. It's just a thread. Hardly a forum. More Hardly like a thread. A but the, it's just people who own motorcycles and... God, I thought you just said it's just people on motorcycles. It's just people on motorcycles. It's just people on motorcycles. Just people, people on motorcycles. Just rocking it. Just on going, man. Just letting it. opening it up. Just, yeah, just letting it ride. <laughs> <laughs> really quick. Sorry. Have you seen... like if you <laughs> This is a diversion. It is. It's amazing, though. Just <laughs> Have to, you seen a motorcycle? No. There's... I don't know if this is just a California thing or if it's just sort of a like Sierras slash Tahoe Hills thing, but there's a sign. There's signs intended on like sort of curvy and steep roads for truckers that just say "letter drift." That is to tell yeah. you like don't lock the brakes on yeah. your semi. But sorry, just you yeah. saying just people just letting it ride. But the things that are like "letter drift," like what? <laughs> Who approved that verbiage in Caltrans? Yeah. Like for what that sign is? It's so good. Anyway, that sign brought to you by the cowboy at the end of the Big Lebowski. Apparently, yeah. 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 Um, but the comp- like around like page six, somebody said, "Oh, you know, I think what I love so much about riding my motorcycle is is a lot of what I love about video games, which is just sort of you kind of have a different implied rule set on the road than mm-hmm. another car in your head. You just have this amazing. That's the thing that you don't really get if you like it's." People tell you this. I didn't really understand it until like day one. I was on the road. I was like, holy shit. You smell everything. You can see everything. Like it just, you're just, it feels like you're just naked on top of this thing going as fast as a car. And it's a very, you get the same sense of why a dog sticks his head out of a door, out of a window. Yeah. And you can get across, like I'll be, I remember Amelia and I were 
in Alamo Square. Not Alamo Square. We were in Dolores Park. So mm-hmm. if you know San Francisco, yeah. we're in south of the city. And we were just, it was really hot and we were kind of uncomfortable and we were there for like three hours. She said, I'd love to just go to the beach. And we had the motorcycle and we were in the, we were on the beach in like 12 minutes. We just went wow. up and over Twin Peaks and we're yeah. just there. And now we're just experiencing a new day. And you get that sort of freedom of movement in a really great open world system, systemic game. So this conversation started about just sort of tying all these like very like um, these emotional feelings that you get from a motorcycle, not like, oh, like mechanical little stuff of like what it's like to be on a great bike on a curve or something, but just sort of these emotional responses to the sort of emotional triggers that you have in a game that allows you to have them. And it was just a really good conversation. So, I mean, there are really fantastic conversations happening on the idle forums right now. But uh, the other one that somebody brought up today was just really unique use of voice in games. And like Brendan Chung weighed in and Greg Brown, um, Greg Nemeth now, I guess he just got married, um, weighed in. And it was really great. It was really, um, it was, it's just, it's just a good conversation. People kind of talking about like the chintzy use of voice. Like there's that game. Like in like in Mario Kart DS, we have to blow into the thing to like yep. blow up your balloons. But also just how that's the best though. Whatever, we'll not we'll not put that in the back. I pile. mentioned this. I mentioned Dota. <laughs> how voice is just so integral to the experience, but isn't mm-hmm. integrated in a mechanically interesting way. It's just there, like every other game. It's a meta game thing. Kind of. Yeah. So I couldn't think of games where voice is so mechanically implemented, where it's not sort of chintzy and you know left. Left. <laughs> More, More men. men. <laughs> Adama for the GameCube. <laughs> yep. Hey, Bye. you, Pikachu. <laughs> yeah. Why aren't those so Odama's discussed? the one? Odama. You guys should get the game. Was you guys get on the yeah. Odama. <laughs> that game where you control the units around on a giant medieval pinball table. Uh, Double Fine Happy Action Theater. Has that got voice in it? You say talk to it. And the new one. You can say talk to it in the new one. <laughs> you can what say hey TV in the new game and you'll, you can tell it what to do. Really? Yeah. But you say like, pop that balloon. No, 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 no. You use it to like... <laughs> Move, guy. You can uh, like be take, awesome. Take a picture, like go to the next Yeah, but that's like, like that's that. like know, uh, a computer helper assistant. I'm just, I'm just being really shameless. Right <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Is that double finds happy action theater available on the xbox live arcade marketplace it is although the new game is not out until september so. i didn't know that was announced yeah i mean we haven't made a big deal about it yet but it's been mentioned it's been in a couple articles and stuff you played it recently well i don't, I don't, I don't know no did i no oh all right is that our case are we done yeah cool Read those forums. That was a longer cast than I expected. Yep. It was. If you have an email. You can't stop us talking about video games. Oh, or Mars. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> or space. It's games and space cast. Um, questions, write them into questions.idlethumbs.net. Also, you can follow us on Twitter. We are just at Idle Thumbs. Also, if you like Idle Thumbs, please just tell your goddamn friends about this podcast. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Like, if you like it, tell a friend. Yeah, Make them listen to it. Yeah, Force them to listen to it until they or don't want to. if you work in a major yeah. school system, just download iTunes to every computer in the district. In a school and then system subscribe with thumbs. Then, like a like, university school. Yes. Then if you could hack yeah. into your school security system and like bolt all the automatically bolt all the doors on the campus and then turn up the vault, like just set mm. it to play all the episodes in a row. Wait, you know what you should do? Really you should. And then try, like, just. <laughs> Keep all the students captive for like six months, repeating the entire run of Idle Thumbs, and just like Stockholm the shit out of them until all they want to do is just 
you really need our voices to function and then let them out into the world again. Um, and I think they'll, I think they'll, t- they'll take it from there. You could hack Battle.net and, um, didn't that happen? No. Yeah. Oh, but someone should do that. If someone has recently hacked Battle.net, you should be Today, sure. Actually, Battle.net, you I should be sure. Yes, I'm aware that that's oh. what happened. <laughs> Sorry, Jake. Get all that account data and make joke. sure they subscribe to Idle Thumbs. That's all I was going to say. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. Just talking about a thing that actually happened. You did so good. You did so good. I was like, just like, I had a gleam. Video games. What is it, August 10th? Yeah. Hey, what happened? <laughs> I think you just had an entire experience. It was in so outside of Chris and I's reality. <laughs> the one that we're all in together. I just, you went on a journey that was so weird. Watching your faces go like, go, oh. Uh. I felt like somebody was massaging your leg under the table. <laughs> I, I forgot the dateline and couldn't remember what the dateline is. And I still don't quite remember. <laughs> All that I remember is it's August 10th, 2012, and it's Dracula week. <laughs> I'm Chris Reem. Oh, God damn it. That's really good, though. Fuck. <laughs> Why did you just... You should have just gone. Because I fucked it up. Oh. I, I didn't say oh. or anything. <laughs> I was so excited You're about like, that. I'm Chris Reem. Oh, my God. That was no, so good. Seriously. I was so excited about that being the dateline that I just totally flustered. <laughs> I just got totally flustered. Oh, man. Well... <laughs> It's August 10th, 2012, and it's Dracula week. This is Idle Thumbs 89. I'm Chris. Whoa! Is that wrong? <laughs> Sick video games. I had a gleam. <laughs> Episode 69, <laughs> I had a gleam. Why did you just say that? Why did you call it out? Abs- I fucking refuse. Nope. Chris, cut that last If we're thing. ending it with you saying that word and we had to cut it out because it's the episode title, it's not the episode title. Done. You had it and then you said it. No. You ruined it. You had it. That was it. <laughs> Fucker. Oh, you ruined it. <laughs>